Okay, Bruchem and welcome everyone. We continue with our Shurim, Sefer Bamidbar. The Shurim and Sefer Bamidbar are again graciously sponsored by our dear friend Dr. Zakheim, Umeshpachta Leonishmas, Rav Shlem Eliezer ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Leilo Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka Bas, Tovia Halevi. We got Eden, Temenu Chasam, the Shem Shem and Aliyah, be Melissa Yisham for the whole family, Abiyasko Tzedek. Shurim are also sponsored. By my dear friend Rabbi Isaac Yasolovsky, Lili Nishmas' father, Shavsi ben Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac, whose yard site was Tesvav Sivan. Tonight's year is dedicated by my dear friend and neighbor, the eminent Dr. Menachem Fuchs and his family, the family of Tamid Chachamim, Lili Nishmas, Dr. Fuchs's father, Yehuda ben Yeshai Halevi, the Ganeid and Temenu Chasi, he should be a Melitz Yosher for his whole family, for Simchas. So, uh, we want to thank everyone who participated in our campaign. Rakhshan was very successful, and uh, the campaign concluded officially on, when was it? Monday night. And Baruch Hashem, we made the goal. So someone called me today that they didn't participate yet. Could they still contribute? And after a long deliberation, we, we said, yeah, it's okay. We allowed it to still come in. So if anybody did not yet participate, we're going to make a special dispensation to allow uh, to allow continued. We're actually in, in um, campaign lingo. We're in the bonus round. Okay, Parshas Kairach. Here we go. There's a pasuk in Parshas Vezois Habracha. Just in case you didn't know, Vezois Habracha is not this week's Parsha. It says, Vayhi Melech. And he was king in Yeshurun. He was king in Yeshurun. Who's he? Who's the he? By he be Shuran Melech. And he was king in Yeshurun. So simply refers to God. Refers to Rebani Shalom. By he be Shuran Melech. Refers to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God is the king in Yeshurun. However, the Ibn Ezra has a, a different explanation. The Ibn Ezra says, what does it mean by he be Shuran Melech? It refers to Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu was a Melech. Aside from the fact that he was Rabbeinu, he was also a Melech, he was a king. Vayhi Shurun Melech. That's why the Ramban says Moshe Rabbeinu made the Chatzotzrois, the trumpets, because uh, he's a Melech, he has a din of a Melech. And the Gemara in Zvachim says that Moshe Rabbeinu asked for Machos, he wanted Machos, and God didn't give it to him. Because when, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to the burning bush, Hashem said, Al tikrav haloim, don't come haloim. And the Gemara says, Ein haloim malchus. Like David HaMelech says, Who am I that you brought me to haloim? So Hashem tells Moshe, Don't come haloim. So the Gemara says, What are you talking about? Moshe was a Melech. So the Gemara says, Lo kamar. When Hashem said, Don't come close to Malchus, it means I can't give it to your children, but you yourself are a Melech. And um, in past years, on Parshas Shemais, We've had, uh, we discussed at length the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, if you want, you could look in the humble uh, Sefer on Shemois. We have two Mamorim on the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu. Today we're going to talk about a, a very important detail about Moshe Rabbeinu's Malchus that is relevant to this week's Parsha. Now we know as a Melech, you're the commander in chief. What do you call somebody who rebels against the king? He's married b'machos. He's a rebel. What do we know about someone who is married b'machos? So if you look in Parak Aleph of Yehoshua, 
it says, Kalish Ashar Yamrez Picha. Any man that rebels against you, Yeshua, Velo Yishmas Dvarechem, does not listen to your words, Lechol Asher Tetzavenu, whatever you command, you must, he's going to die. The punishment of Murad Bamalchus is not, uh, it's not, you get arrested, and then you, they get put handcuffs on you, and then they let you out 10 minutes later. No, that's, that's in New York City. But if you rebel against the king, that's it. You're done. You're done. Is you're, considered a mela? Well, apparently Yehoshua was considered at least the authority that if anyone rebels against him, they're a marid b'malchus and they would die. In fact, there are many Gemaras and Shas that talk about the punishment of someone who rebels against the king is death. Marid b'malchus is Misa. What kind of Misa? Usually Misa Basayif, by the sword. For example, the Gemara and Shabbos says that David killed Uriah Hachiti with the sword of Amoin. Gemara says, what does that mean with the sword of Amoin? Just like if you kill Amoin, there's no liability, so too for David to kill Uriah, there's no liability. My taima, moirid v'malchus hava. He was a rebel. He rebelled against the king. And anyone who rebels against the king is chayiv misa. That's the well-known rule. Moirid v'malchus is chayiv misa. So I came across a question last night driving to the graduation. I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but I saw a question, and Hashem gave a matana for this week. The question is like this. Why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu kill Kairach? Because Kairach is a Moirid B'malchus. If there was anyone who rebelled against the authority, it's Kairach. So Kairach is a Moirid B'malchus. So Moshe should have went over to Kairach, said, Kairach, Shalom Aleichem, take out his sword, and chopped off his head. Moshe Rabbeinu was able to do that. He killed the Mitzri and Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu, was, he's 20 feet tall. If Moshe Rabbeinu flicks you, you're, you know, you're going to hit the moon. So Moshe should have killed Kairach. He's a Marib Amachos. That's the question. Who did I see ask this question? None other than the Chassam for himself in a tshuva. Why isn't Kairach a Marib Amachos? What? L'choyra moyed b'malchus does not need a decision of a bezin. It's up the, the king, you know. The king is meimis uh, Do you need a Sanhedrin? I don't think so. So, so okay. So l'choyra kairach should have been killed as a moyed b'malchus. But then I'm thinking to myself, he was killed. Maybe that's why he was killed. Maybe the reason why Kairach was killed is because he was Mary B'machas. But is that why he was killed? That Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, Hashem, if, if he dies like a regular person, if he dies a natural death, you didn't send me. But if the earth opens up his mouth and swallows him, he's, what, what, do we, what do we need all the drama for? If he's a Mary B'machas, Moshe should have just gone ahead and killed Kairach. That is the kasha of the Chassam Seifer, but I'm not going to start with the Chassam Seifer. Let's start with the following point. Did, did Moshe consider himself a melech? If Hashem considered him a melech, it's not like, you know, you God consider me a king, but I don't consider myself, I mean, a king is a king. Now, if Moshe is a melech, could he be moichel on his kavay? Melech shemochel al kevoidoi. So it's not like Moshe Rabbeinu has the authority to say, yeah, I'm the king, but just like, you know, I can let my kids sit in my chair, a melech cannot forgo his honor. Melech shemachal kvaydoi, ain't kvaydoi machal. 
So if Moshe is a king and he can't forego his honor, why wasn't Kaira Chayiv Misa al Tzmoyed b'Machos? Interestingly, this is a question that is addressed by many of the Paiskim. Okay, and like like David mentioned before the show, you can learn the parsha every year, and you think you basically know the storyline, and you hear a question, and you say, you know, how could it be? I never thought of that question. So the Ramban says the parsha is b'Haloischa. That in a couple of weeks ago, there were these guys, Eldad and Medad. Eldad and Medad were half-brothers of Moshe and Aaron. And they were saying Nevuah. So, so Yeshua said, Adoini Moshe, kill them, kill them. So Ramban wants to know, why should we kill them? They're, they're not going to be prophets? So Ramban says, because they were a Moira Halachot Rabbi. They were paskining in front of Moshe. Uh, you're not going to offer a Halachic uh, conclusion before you're ready. So they're Chayiv Misa. So the question is, so why didn't Moshe in fact kill them? Says Ramban, Umoisha Amar, ki hu I'm the Rebbe. Umochal al kvoidoi. And he was Moichal on his cover. Huh? He was Moichal on his cover. It's very nice, he's the Rebbe. And as Rebbe, you could be Moichal on his cover. But as king, you can't be Moichal on, on your cover. So what does the Ramban mean that Moshe Rabbeinu was Moichal on his cover? Unless you say, to paskin in front of Moshe, it's not a challenge to the Malchus. A Paisik could come in and paskin Allah in front of a Melech. It's a challenge to Moshe's capacity as Rebbe. So it was never a question that they were, they were insulting the Malchus. They were insulting his rabbinic position. So regarding the rabbinic position, he could be Moshe. But that's the question. Why wasn't Kairach considered a Moshe B'Malchus? So we let's start with Shas Tshuva's Divrei Malkiel. The Divrei Malkiel is uh, Rav Malkiel Tenenbaum, one of the great poskim of the 19th century, and he deals with the question: How is Hashem Moichalas? We've discussed this many times, but Hashem's a king, and a king cannot forego his honor. In fact, remember the Gemara Subas? The Gemara Subas tells us a story on Daf Zion that Agrifas was traveling on the road and the Chassan and Kala were traveling and Agrifas deferred to the Chassan and Kala and they praised Agrifas. So the Gemara asks, what do you mean? Melech shemachal machal. So that shows the Melech is not allowed to forgo his honor. You ready for the Chiddush of the Divrei Malkia? When could a king not forgo his honor? That's if his sovereignty is granted to him based on the consensus of the people. So the people say, Charles, you're our king. You know, God save the king. They, they proclaim Pliny the Melech. It's the consensus of the, king, of the people. So if it's the consensus of the people, it's not his Malchus. Doesn't belong to him. The people endowed him with the with the sovereignty. So it's not his to be Michael. It's actually insulting to the people who have crowned him. So therefore, Melech But what if someone's Malchus is inherent to them? They're so wise, they're so smart, they have so much Navua, they have so much Taira, they have so much Chachma. So then, Taira Dilehi. It's his Taira. It's his greatness. If he wants to be Michael, he has the capacity to be Michael. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu could be Meichalas, and basically this doesn't fit in with anything we ever said, but it's okay. 
Right? We always say that Hashem cannot forgo, forgive the Goyim because he's the Melech. And a Melech cannot forgo his honor. That's what the Chida says. But this is a different way of looking at it. Ein beis chidosh. So he says, anytime the royalty is inherent, it's, it's atzmius of the Melech, then the Melech could forgo his honor. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu could forgo his honor. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kuleyama dilehu, Vitoira dilehu. Ah, now we understand how in Parshas Yisroi, the Shver comes to visit Moshe Rabbeinu. And who's feeding Moshe Rabbeinu? Who's waiting on Yisroi? Who's the waiter? Moshe Rabbeinu is the waiter. He's standing, he's, he's serving his father-in-law. How could the Melech serve his father-in-law? He can't be Moichel on his covered. It must be the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu is a different category. It's a different uh, reality of Malchus. It's a different quality of Malchus. It's Malchus that's inherent. So since it's inherent to Moshe Rabbeinu, therefore he could be Moichel on his covenant. That explains the Ramban and Baha'u'llah. How could Moshe Rabbeinu be Moichel Eldad and Medad? Granted, Moshe is a Melech. He's a full-fledged Melech. But his Malchus doesn't come from the people. It's inherent to his greatness. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu has the capacity to be Moichel. Therefore, concludes the Debrei Malkiah. Can a Rosh Hashiva be Moichel on his covenant? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rashiva could be Michael on his covet because even if he thinks he's as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, even if he wants to say he's a Melech, the people didn't appoint him a Melech. It depends. If the board appoints you a Melech, so it depends if you have your own shul. If you're hired, you can't be Michael on your covet because it's not yours. Someone gave it to you. But if it's yours, so you can be Michael on your covet. That's the conclusion of Debrei Malkiel. It depends where you get it from. If other people give it to you, you can't be Michael. If it's your your own, you can be Michael. Ah, oh, good point. Let's come back to that. We're going to come back to that idea. Good idea. Hold on to that. So that's the first Mahalach. The reason why Kairach was not a murdered by Malchus is Moshe Rabbeinu, was Moshe on his covet. Meaning really, Karach was married by Malchus. So why did Moshe kill him? He's Moshe. I Melech Shemachal HaKvodeh and Kvodeh Machal. That's a regular Melech, not the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu. <laughs> what? Do we? At least he was Moshe, not killing him. In other words, he wasn't happy. It says, Ayicha Ala Moshe Ma'od. Right? He's very upset. But at least he was Michael that not to chop off his head. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna develop this further. I came across an amazing uh Chuvan Ramosha. Actually, I will concede most of the Marmakimas of uh tonight's share come from the Sefer Chavatzel Sasharon on Parshas Koirach and Vayeshev and Vayigash and Shemais. Rav Moshe has a very interesting tshuva. What's the halacha about how how far do you have to stand? If you see a Sefer Torah, how long do you have to stand up? If it's in Dalad if it's 100 feet away, 1,000 feet away, a mile away, you, you have perfect vision. You could see like to China. You see a Sefer Torah. When are you allowed to sit down? So the Gemara says that they always, they were gawking at Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, they're always, they're always, 
you know, they're always looking at my shabbat. So Gemara brings two opinions. One is Lignai. They were nosing around. They were, yeah, why he's coming early, he's coming late. What's he doing in the tent? Why is he leaving the house so early? Why he, he can't, he doesn't like his family? Or why does he spend so much time with his family, the Gemara says. Either way, they always gave him a hard time. Or Lashvach, meaning they, they kept on standing. For a Chacham, you have to stand up in their Dalad Amos. For an Avbezdin, as far as you could see. Once he goes past Dalad Amos, you could sit. A Nasi, you stand and stand and stand and stand until the Nasi gets to his spot. What's the Raya? The Raya is from Moshe Rabbeinu. They're always gazing at Moshe Rabbeinu because they couldn't sit down as long as Moshe was not in his place. Comes the Kest of Mishnah. And the Kest of Mishnah says, The Rambam Paskins that a Sefer Torah, as long as it's on en route, you got to stand. It's 20 feet away, 50 feet away, a million miles away. You have a telescope. You see a Sefer Torah is flying to the moon. You got to stand up until the Sefer Torah gets to its spot. So the Kesemishan wants to know, how does the Rambam know that a Sefer Torah you have to stand up for forever and ever and ever? So says the Kesemishan, he learns it out from the Nasi. That just like they stood up for a just like you have to stand up for Moshe Rabbeinu until he got to his place. And the Gemara says, why did they stand up for Moshe until he got to his place? Because he's the Nasi. So just like you have to stand up for Moshe Rabbeinu until he gets to his place, you got to stand up for a Sefer Torah until he gets to his place. Says Moshe, just because you have to stand up for a Nasi, why does that mean you have to stand up for a Sefer Torah? What's the connection between a Nasi and a Sefer Torah? Says Moshe, because why do you have to stand up for a Nasi? Who, which Nasi are we talking about? We're talking about Moshe. So why would the Klai have to stand up for Moshe? Not because he was a Nasi, because he's a Rebbe. So if you have to stand up for a Rebbe who teaches you Torah, all the more so you need to stand up for the Torah itself. But Frekh of Moshe, what are you talking about? Maybe they stood up for Moshe, not because he's a Rebbe, because he's a Nasi. And more than that, he's a Melech. So you're going to learn... Maybe really you don't have to stand up for a Rebbe forever and ever. Only the Melech. Listen carefully. Says Rabbi Moshe, even though Moshe was a Melech, We don't find the Jewish people ever had to accord themselves to Moshe as a king. For instance, to rebel against the king, Klal Yisrael is never accountable for rebelling against Moshe Rabbeinu. Ramosha writes, Arachayim Chelakes in the Maman Chesed Katan Gimel, that the, you know how we know you have to stand up for a Sefer Torah? Because they stood up for Moshe. And if you have to stand up for a Rebbe, you have to stand up for the Torah itself. I, Moshe, was a Melech? Nah! Says Ramosha, we don't find anywhere that Moshe had the status of a Melech for anything, especially not for rebelling against him. And Ramosha doesn't explain. But all he says is, we don't find anywhere that Moshe had the status of a Melech, that if you rebel against Moshe Rabbeinu, then you're a Moir Bamachas. And this, of course, would answer the question. In other words, why, why did a Moshe kill Kairach? He's a Moir Bamachas. He, he's like, uh, you know, he have, he's a figurehead, but he didn't have the halachic status of a Melech that 
there's a din of Moirid B'machas. Ramosha doesn't really explain why. So now I want to bring to your attention the amazing Shuvah L'Chassam Sefer. Let's say, the, you're the old, let's say you're a king and your older sister comes and says, you're a king? <laughs> what, she's a murder of the Malchus? You know? Uh, Caesar would have killed his sister. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? Listen to the Chsam Sefer. Chsam Sefer writes in Archaim Simen Reishches, this is one of the most famous Chuvas in the Chsam Sefer. Chuva 208, he wrote this to the Maritz Chiyas. It says, we don't find in the whole Chumash that Moshe as a Melech had the right to kill anyone. Do we find anywhere in the Midbar Moshe killing anyone? David knocked off some people. Shlomoi knocked off some people. Every Jewish king knocked off people. Yet, Moshe didn't kill anyone. Now, how do you know a king has authority? We learn it out from Soim Tosim Alecha Melech. But that just means that the king's authority and fear has to be on the people. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't say a king could kill someone. How do you know a king could kill someone? We find in Sefer Yeshua that the people said to Yeshua, anyone who rebels against you, you could kill. Interesting. It doesn't say Hashem said to Yeshua that Yeshua, if you want to kill someone, you could kill them. We find the people said to Yeshua, anyone who rebels against you, you could kill. What, the people are telling Yeshua that he's allowed, he's allowed to kill them? Says Achsam Soifer, I don't understand. It's true, we know from the Gemara, kings are allowed to kill someone. But, where does that halacha come from? Elamai Yehoshua was Mechadisha? We know that a Navi is not allowed to innovate anything that's not in the Chumash. In Navi Rasha Al-Chadash Dabar. Says Achsam Soifer, Zehu Kusha Shetzorach Iyan Gadam. How do we know a king has the authority to kill? I never knew an answer to this question, says Achsam Sofer, until I saw the Ramban in Bechu Kaisai. The Pasuk says, Kol cheirem asher yacharam min ha'adam lo So we had this in the Exubus, many drushas, Kol cheirem asher yacharam min ha'adam lo yipadeh moisiyumas. But the Ramban says it means that Kol cheirem that if the king or if the Jewish people agree to create a strict prohibition, if anyone violates it, they're Chayiv Misa. You hear? There's a famous Ramban. That the people call Chayrem, any ban, Asher Yacharam, that is banned, Minha Adam, from man, Lo Yipada, you can't get out of it, Moishimas. In other words, the Torah is giving authority either to the king or to the consensus of the society to say, look, you know, we got to keep society in check. If anybody does X, Y, and Z, then they're stepping out of line, we're going to kill them. So that means the people could gather together and convene and place a ban, or the king could place a ban. That's the Pasuk in Bechuk Says Chsam Soifer, that's the source that a king could kill someone who rebels against him. Because if the king decides that if somebody violates his will, that he's that there's a ban on that, then the king could could execute the person. But says Achsam Soifer, in the times of Moshe, 
it was never the decision of the people or even the king that if someone violates the command of the king, that that's a bad, that's banned, and they, that's liable to the death penalty. In other words, the pasuk authorizes that if a king would decide to ban those who violate his will, he has authority to kill. But that ban was never placed until Yehoshua Paragalif. Meaning, in theory, the king... In other words, what's the source? From the fact that Hashem endows the society or the king that if they choose to ban a particular mode of behavior, they can. In the times of Yeshua, they banned Moirid B'Malchus. But they never banned it in the times of Moshe. So it's not, don't ask, oh, Kairach is Moirid B'Malchus. So what if he's Moirid B'Malchus? Yeah, but Moirid B'Malchus Chayiv Misa. What's the source of Moirid B'Malchus Chayiv Misa? Because the king has the right to label rebellion as a ban. But the king never did that yet. Not until Yahushua was it, was it legislated that violating the will of the king is a cheram. Sometimes Moshe, it's not that Moshe was Moichel. Moshe wasn't Moichel. Moshe could have said to Karach, I'm not Moichel you. But Moshe wasn't allowed to kill him because he never exercised the authority given to him through the Pasuk of Kolcheim Rashiach Menah Adam. In times of Yeshua, they did exercise it. Yes. They can't hear the questions or comments. They, they can't hear. <laughs> Rabbi Yossi Badner is asking, Rabbi Yossi is asking that if there was a Melucha um, already in time of Moshe Rabbeinu, then the Melucha dates back well before David HaMelech. So why are the Jewish people punished for making uh, Shaul a king? This has been, uh, kings were as old as the hills. And, you know, to add, we, we've said in the past, Avraham Avinu was a king, Yaakov was a king. Part of the answer is because of the way that they asked, that, you know, um, they wanted a king, they, they wanted a king in the manner of the Gentiles. But the concept of Melucha always existed, like we say. Now, according to Rabbi Moshe, that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't really a king, so maybe the institution of Machos was not was not at capacity yet. But according to, let's say, the Chassam Seifer, that Moshe was a full-fledged king. It's just he couldn't kill because he never exercised the authority of uh, so then, yeah, you have to try to understand. So what exactly, was David HaMelech really the first king? Okay, now that now it gets really Gishmak. Okay, ready for the... So, so far, in terms of why is Kairach not a Marad B'Malchus, so at first we said, I don't know, maybe he was, and then maybe that's why he died. But the Paiskim don't say that. The very Malkiel says, because Moshe's Malchus was inherent, therefore he had the authority to be Moshe. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, Zerosah says, Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't find he was considered halachically a Melech. The Chassam Soifer says, the right of a Melech to kill a rebel emanates from a certain authority they have, but Moshe, it was never exercised until the times of Yehoshua. You ready for the following question? This is out of, out of this world. Kairach wasn't killed because he was Moshe 
Why was he killed? His whole family was killed. Carla Edo was killed. So that means what? So all of them were murdered in office? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're part they, of his they team. Found what Kyra, what they're Kyra. part of his team. But they didn't speak to much of the way Kyra did. And, uh, but they were all killed. If somebody comes to challenge a king with 200 guys standing behind him, you know? They should all be killed? Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing there? They should go home. They're supporting it, but they're not. Uh, it's like November. They're support. Yeah, they're supporting. Like exactly. They were all martyred. It wasn't just Kurdish. You ready for this question? This is the question of Shah Sechuvas Chikrelev. The Shah Sechuvas Chikrelev was Rav Yosef Chazan. Rav Yosef Chazan is the grandfather of Rav Chaim Falaji. Okay? I found his kever on Har Hazesim. TorahAnyTime.com Watch it tonight. Oye Menorah. Found the kever of Rabbi Yosef Chazan. Here's this an amazing question. There's a love in the Torah. Elohim Loitikalel. Venosi Ba'amcha Loisa'ar. You know how to curse a king. What if you curse a king? A klal is considered a maisa, even though it's dibor. Okay. So Raman passes, you get malchus. Frakt Rav Yosef Chazan. Why do you get malchus? But you're married by malchus, so you chayv misa. You say kimle be the rabbi mina. Yeah, good kasha. You know kimle the rabbi. In other words, when when there are two punishments. We're going to nail you with the stricter one. It's going to exempt you from the more lenient one. So, so you you curse the king. Do you agree? Even you you have a very sympathetic viewpoint to rebels, right? But would you agree? <laughs> would you agree that someone who curses the king is a maribamachos? Should he die? Yeah. So why do we give him malchus? He's chayiv misa. So since he's chayiv misa, that should exempt him from malchus. So the Chikrei Lev gives two answers. The Chikrei Lev says that actually in the times that the Beis HaMikdash stood, so then there were kings, and we could give the death penalty, and therefore you're exempt from Malchus. But, but after the Churban, we can't give death penalty. So we can't give the death penalty, we could give Malchus. The halacha that you get Malchus is only Bizman Hazah. But then he gives another answer. This answer is out of this world. Look at number 13. Says the Rambam, Kol ha-moireid b'melech Yisrael, yesh l'melech rishus lahargai. Anyone who rebels against the king, the king has the authority to kill him. Afilu gazar al-echad mishara am she'ech l'makam plenty. The king says, go to such and such place. If he didn't go. Or don't leave your house. Yeah, 
Parshas. Says the Chikwe Leiv. The Rambam doesn't say that he's liable to the death penalty. The Rambam says the king is allowed. He has discretion to kill him. I Melech Shemacha Kvoidoi ain't Kvoidoi Machel. He can't forgo his honor. That's he can't forgo his honor. So he could say, "What are you doing?" and punish him. But he doesn't have to kill him. You're not going to forgo your honor. But it doesn't mean you're obligated to kill the guy. There's a difference between, let's say someone insults you. So you could be moicha on your covet, Or you cannot be moicha on your covet. Say, why'd you do that to me? But doesn't, just because you're not moicha on your covet doesn't mean you have to kill the guy. If, if every time you were moicha on the covet, you'd kill the guy, this would not be a very pleasant place to be. So the Lashon of the Rambam is that you're not chayiv misa, by the way, even though he does throw in there chayiv misa, but the Ram doesn't say you're not you're not obli- you're obligated to be killed. The Ram says you're allowed to kill the person. So says the Chikwe Leiv. Since it's not a chiv, it's only rishos, and therefore it's only a safek misa. It's not going to pater malchus. So the lashon of the Chikwe Leiv is, what do you mean? He should be exempt from malchus because he's liable to the death penalty, but he might not get killed. So in Suffolk Misa Pater Vaday Malkus. But the Chassam Seifer says a little differently. Chassam Seifer says, he, and I never saw the Chassam Seifer use this Lashem before. This is in a tshuva in Ebenezer Simon Kufnon Aleph. Chassam Seifer writes, I'm novuch about the following issue. I'm confused about the following issue. The issue is, we know that if somebody is in a machteras, you know, by machteras, somebody is digging a hole to steal money at night. So we know that if you're digging a hole to steal money, you know the owner is going to stand up to protect his money, which means you're coming to kill the guy, which means he's allowed to kill you, which means if you do damage in the interim, you're putter. Because since you're, you could be killed by the guy, since you could be killed by the guy, so that means you're chayiv misa, so we say Kimle Bidirabamine and you don't have to pay ta- uh, mama, right? It's a famous rule. It says Khsam Soifer, even though going in a machteras exempts you from monetary payment, but the fact that a king has the right to kill you does not, because it's only he has a right to, he doesn't have to. So it's it's something we empower him to do if he would like to. Or maybe says the Khsam Soifer. Maybe it's not a rishos. Maybe he has to do it. Which I don't know how the Chassam Sefer would read the Rambam because the Lashon of the Rambam is clear that it's rishos. But the Chassam Sefer is he starts off saying l'chayro yesh l'haychi achtsas the chi of misa l'malachim eno bechlal kimlei b'ramine l'potimam nei she'enon bechlal chi of misas bezdin vigara mehabavim achteras. And then it says, well, maybe. I why you putter from Mamon? For a different reason. Could the king be Moichel, his right to kill? It says, even though Melech Shemachal Kvoidoi, his covet is not Machal, you're not, you're la- so maybe the king cannot over. Um, he cannot forego his honor, but he could say, I don't want to kill you. Because the proof is, says Chassam uh, Seifer, 
wasn't David Moichel that even though he was supposed to kill Shimi ben Gera, he didn't kill him. So we see a king has a right to be Moichel and is covered and not to kill uh, someone who is uh, Moir B'Malchus. But then some servant says, well, maybe it's not a riot from Shimi ben Gera. Because at the end of the day, he told Shlomo, make sure you kill him. So even though he just deferred, he didn't really, he wasn't really Michael, he just pushed it off. The bottom line is, the, what? Right. But here it's the Melech, the right of the Melech. So if you take the Tzad, that the Melech is, it's a Rishus for the Melech to kill, so then it's not that Moshe was Moichel on Kairach. It's not that Moshe was Moichel Kaba, Kairach. It's Moshe's not obligated to kill Kairach. So he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. And if you ask, why didn't he? Do you think it would have been a good move to kill Kairach? Here Kairach is saying, hey Moshe, again. This the, your whole institute, it's, all, it's the whole, the whole game is corrupt. Your brothers is the Kain Gadam. Your brother's kids are the assistant to Hamgadai. Your first cousin is the Nazi. Every single every single job is an in-house job. Every single appointment. You didn't even try to bring in an outsider to make it look like, you know, like in some places it's like ninety percent family with a few people sprinkled in so that you don't think it's family. You didn't even sprinkle in the decoy. You know? There's no decoy over here. Every single guy, the same last name. The day is one after another, the same last name. So much is going to kill him now? How's that going to work? Much better off in the long run have God take care of Kara than Moshe take care of. Again, if he's obligated to knock him off, then what you, you know... But it's not that Moshe is Moichel. In other words, let's, let's go through the answers. The question was, is Karach a Moir B'Malchus? So the Divrei Malchiel says, Moshe has the right to be Moichel because the Malchus is inherent. Rav Moshe says, Moshe never had the halachic status of a Melech. Some Soifer said that the, the right for a Melech to kill emanates if there is a consensus. That, that consensus either of the king of the society was never made yet. But now we're saying that the ability for the king to kill is only a rishus. It's not obligatory. And the Chassam Sefer is not sure about it. I want to share with you uh, something amazing. The Briskarav in uh, Sefer Shmuel brings from Rashi that Kol Hamoyred B'Malchus based David Chayiv Misa Okay? And he says, what do you mean call Hamorid B'Malchus based David? Hamorid B'Malchus is Chayiv Misa. Why? The emphasis on Malchus based David. So he says, no, there's a difference between Hamorid B'Malchus based David and Hamorid B'Malchus. If you rebel against Malchus based David, you're liable to the death penalty. You're Chayiv Misa. Bezdin will kill you. And if Bezdin kills you, we'll say, Kimlei B'Dirabamine. It's a real inherent chi of Misa. As opposed to if you're just Moirid B'Malchus, the king has the Rishus to kill you. There are two separate halachas. There's Kolam Moirid B'Malchus based David Chai Misa. And then there's Moirid B'Malchus. The king has the authority to kill you. By the way, the Chassam Sofer says, not everyone 
who rebels against the king is moirid b'malchus based David, even if the king is from David. If somebody just doesn't listen to the king, that's not moirid b'malchus based David. He just he's a, he's a rebel. In other words, let's say somebody doesn't listen to David and Malchus. Let's say Shimi ben Gera. Shimi ben Gera wasn't moirid b'malchus based David. He just cursed David. He said, David, you shouldn't be the king. But he's not rebelling against the institution of the Davidic dynasty. He's just challenging this person's particular power. He's not arguing that Malchus should come from this family. But the Briskarov says that in general, there are two distinct dinim. The din of Moirid B'Malchus is any main leader of the Jewish people, if you rebel, they can take your life. And they could, by the way, they take your life only by the sword. Ain, um, the king can only kill through the sword. But Moirid B'Malchus based David, Stam, Chayiv Misa. The differentiation is if someone's challenging the right of this family to place kings in the Jewish people. That's more of a mouthless based of it. In other words, I'm not, I'm not not listening to you. If the king says, get me apple juice, and you don't get him apple juice, so you're rebelling against this particular king. You're not rebelling against the institution of the Davidic malchus. In other words, somebody who says that the family of David has no right to keep on placing kings into Kalah Yisrael. They're challenging the right of this family to appoint kings. Then they're Moirid v'machus based David. Moirid v'machus based David they're liable to the death penalty. But if someone just challenging this particular king, he doesn't like this king, so he doesn't listen to this king, then that's just murdered v'malchus, and that it's up to the king himself to kill. So, simply, Moshe Rabbeinu is just a melech. And in that case, the, those who rebel are not chayiv misa, but Moshe has the authority to take the life. We did once say the possibility that Moshe Rabbeinu may have had a din of Malchus based David because he encompasses all of Kali Yisrael. He encompasses all the Shvatim, that's how he could be Mashiach. So, simply you would think he's just a Melech. There might be a possibility that he could assume the role of Malchus based David. First in a while, yeah. Af ata b'char etneu. I'm going to come back to the point that you made before. On the mitzvah of appointing a king, the Menchaz Chinuch says that anyone who rebels against the king, the king has rishus to kill them. Again, the same kind of lasha that it's rishus. The Menchaz Chinuch says that's masha. He's not obligated. Even though Melech Shemachalak Fadei Enoi Machal, but you could forego killing the person. 
says the Minchas Chinuch, the mitzvah of appointing kings is only when the Jewish people are in Eretz Yisrael. So based on that, Rabbi Yitz wanted to say before that if the whole, it seems like from the Minchas Chinuch, that the halacha of uh, honoring a king emanates from the mitzvah of appointing a king. It's not two mitzvahs. You have a mitzvah to appoint a king and you have a mitzvah to honor the king. The mitzvah of honoring the king is a subset of appointing the king. Since the mitzvah of appointment is only in the land of Israel, the mitzvah of honor and the, and the king's right to kill is also only in Eretz Yisrael. And the Hafla explains as follows. The, the Sefer Hamakna on Kedushan Lam and Bezal Bey says as follows. By the way, he says something also very interesting. He says, you know, if you see a Jewish king, you say, Asher Chalak Mekvaydai Labasar Vadam or Liyareyav. What? Yeah. When, um, Recording in progress. Okay. The, the Hamakness has a very interesting idea. You ready for this idea? The Hamakness says, why is it that by a Jewish king, you say, um, Cholak mikavoidoi lireyav, or lebasar adam, and by a Melech Akum, you say, Shenosan. So the Makna says that by a Gentile king, God just gives them the king. So he gives, he, I'm sorry, God just gives them Malchus. So since God gives it to them, he says, here, take the Malchus, I have nothing to do with it. So therefore, the halacha is, a Gentile king could be Moichal on his covet because it's given to him. A Jewish king cannot be Moichal on his covet because God doesn't give it to the Jewish king. God endows them with his malchus so it's shared. So therefore a Jewish king can't be moichel because he's sort of using it together with HaKadosh Baruch. That being said, from where do we learn that a king has the right to kill? Soim tasim alecha melech. You should surely put the king upon you. That his fear should be on you. So says Hamakna, what does that mean that his fear should be on you? There's a mitzvah that you have to appoint a king. So how do you appoint a king? He was appointed. Now, 50 years later, the mitzvah is no longer extant. It means every single moment you should have the awe of the king on you so that there's never a moment that his appointment doesn't last. If there's ever a moment that he's moichel on his kavod, then he's not being appointed at that moment. So the Hamakna says that since the mitzvah of honoring the king and the king's ability to kill emanates from the king needs to be constantly in a state that he's appointed, we know the mitzvah of appointment is only in Eretz Yisrael. But in Chutzah Eretz, there's no mitzvah of appointment. In that case, that explains how Moshe was able to serve Yisrael, the Hamakna says, because that was in the Midbar. And in the Midbar, the mitzvah of Saim Tasmalach HaMelech is not in effect because basically the honor of the king is so that every moment people could look at the king and say, he's, he's upon me, he's upon me, he's upon me, he's upon me. But in Chutzla Aretz, there is no mitzvah to place him in the first place. 
So the mitzvah that he should, should be upon you also does not continue. And that explains how Moshe Rabbeinu was able to serve Yisrael. And based on that, I saw in the Sefer Chavetzal Sasharon, similar to what we said in the Menchaz Chinuch, that Moshe Rabbeinu would not have the authority to kill Kairach in the Midbar because it's not in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, Rabbi Say, so just uh, the executive uh, summary is as follows. Was Kairach a Marid B'Malchus? Either the Divrei Malkiel says that Moshe could be Moichel on his covet because his Malchus belonged to him, or Moshe said Moshe really never had the authority of Melech. Maybe the reason is, like we just said from Hamakna, because it was in Chosarat. The Chassam Sofer says the ability of a, of a king to kill emanates from the consensus that was never exercised yet. And uh, we saw that uh, the Chikwe Leif says that perhaps that it's only Rishus for the Melech to kill. So it's not that Moshe Rabbeinu was Moichel, it's that he never, he, he never took up that possibility. And then there's the idea that it was in Chutzah and therefore Saim Tasim Alech HaMelech did not apply. Okay, Rabbi Isai, thanks everybody for joining. Baruch yeah. Was there ever a king appointed by the next